Hi, we're discussing uh, today the sugya of Arvus, co-signers, co-borrowers, and partners who um, uh, borrow Baribas from a bank. What's going to be the Allah with regard to Ribas? So the Gemara discusses in Sechaz Balmetzia that just like it's usher for a Jew to borrow money from a Jew and pay Ribas, so too it's prohibited for a Jew to become a co-signer on a loan between a non-Jew and a Jew. In other words, if a Jew borrows money from a non-Jew, Allah is that another Jew may not be a co-signer on that loan. There's a dispute in the Rishonim, what type of co-signer are we discussing? According to some Rishonim, we're only discussing a situation where the non-Jew would be able to go ahead, direct, would need to go ahead directly to the co-signer and demand payment from the co-signer, and the non-Jew has no right to directly demand payment from the borrower himself. That's the opinion of the Rashba. The opinion of Rashi is that uh, even in the case of Ariv Kablan, where the non-Jew may demand payment from either party, from the borrower or from the co-signer, even in that case it's prohibited for the co-signer to become a co-signer on the loan. Now the general explanation of the concept of why it's prohibited for the co-signer to be a co-signer on this loan between the non-Jew and the Jew is that some, for some reason it's considered as though the non-Jew is lending money to the co-signer and then the co-signer is subsequently lending that money to the borrower. So when the borrower pays the cosigner and the cosigner pays the non-Jew, it's considered that the, 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 the cosigner had lent money to the borrower and the borrower paid back to the cosigner. That's the, the svara, the, the rationale behind this halacha. Obviously, this, uh, this svara makes, is obviously more understandable in the opinion of the Rashba who holds that uh, the, the, the case is where the non-Jewish lender has to demand payment from the cosigner. In that case, it makes sense to say that the, the, the main loan is between the non-Jew and the cosigner, and only subsequently the cosigner went ahead and lent that money to the borrower. So there's, there's really two separate loans that we're dealing with, one between the non-Jew and the cosigner, second loan between the cosigner and the borrower. However, uh, in, in Rashi's case, it's a little bit harder to understand why even, even in the eventuality that the cosigner ends up making the payment to the non-Jew, and then the cosigner demands payment from the borrower, why do we consider it that there were two separate loans, one loan between the, the non-Jew and the cosigner, and the second loan between the cosigner and the borrower? But regardless, that is the opinion of Rashi. Now, the Shulchan brings down both opinions. It's not 100% clear um, <coughs> who's, uh, which opinion is the Iker opinion la'alacha. Some Rabbanim will tell you that the Iker Allah is like the Rashba, and according to that, the Allah would be that it would be permitted for, for a Jew to become a, a regular standard cosigner the way it's interpreted in Bismanenu. However, it's certainly not Pashat, and it's certainly Kedai to be Machmer, like the opinion of Rashi, since there's no clear Akhra in this Halacha. Now, the, the next question is, what's the Halacha with the co-borrowers Bismanenu? In, in our, in, in, since uh, I believe it's uh, since uh, 2008 when, when the banking reforms were instituted, the, the banks are not comfortable using a regular standard cosigner uh, structure in order to, to make a loan. The banks will generally insist 
that the parties are not considered co-signers, but they're considered co-borrowers, that both people are equal borrowers. And that's sort of to strengthen the, their hand in, in uh, demanding payment from either party. The bank can demand payment from either party. However, the, the way it's structured is not as a co-signer, but as a co-borrower. So there are abundant that are of the opinion that, that this is considered worse, and, and in this case, uh, the, the, the loan originally is prohibited. To, to explain, to explain this, this, this uh, extra stringency, in the case of the Arave, uh, the case of a regular cosigner, whether we go with the opinion of the Rashi or whether we go with the opinion of Rashi, the Taz and the Nekuzah the, the Kassa both write that the only time that you actually transgress a, a prohibition of collecting or, pay, or paying ribas is only in the case where the Arvus was actualized. In other words, in a case where the cosigner actually ended up making payment to the borrower, uh, to, to the lender, to the non-Jewish lender, and the borrower ended up making payment to the cosigner. In that case, there, there is a, a, a prohibition of, of paying and, 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 and collecting ribs. However, in a case where the borrower made a direct payment to the non-Jewish lender, Certainly in the case of Rashi, where, where the borrower is, is, uh, is a borrower in his own right from the non-Jew, there uh, it's, it's even more easy to understand that in that case there was no prohibition of, of paying or, or uh, collecting rubbish. However, the Taz and the Nukruzakas have right that even, if, even in, the, in the Rashba scenario, where it's called the Arab Shleiftots, where, where the, the non-Jewish lender does not have the right to collect the money directly from the borrower. He has to go to the cosigner. Nevertheless, if the borrower volunteered and made a payment directly to the, the, the non-Jewish lender, in that case, it was no, uh, they, they did not transgress the prohibition of collecting or paying ribs. That's the opinion of the Taz and the Shach and the Nukudah Zakesim. I have seen that in the Mishnah Saribas by Rabbi Levanoni, Shlita, he, he, ta he takes the opinion that the, the Taz and the Shach are, 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 are very schwer, and it's, it's hard to understand their, their, their psaq. And he, 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 he brings Rias and he brings other Akhrainim, and his, his position is that in the case of the, of the Rashba, where it's Arab Shleiftots, where, again, there's a, a, the, the, the non-Jew is not allowed to collect directly from the borrower, so in that case, even if the borrower makes a direct payment to the non-Jew, that would be considered a violation of the Isra of Rims. However, um, in the case of the Arab Kablan, uh, that, that would not be a, pro, a, a violation. But uh, the, the time, but it's, it, what he says is is is, is not one hundred percent clear to me. I I, I personally uh, would uh, would uh, assume that Allah would be like the Taz and the Shach, and therefore in, even even in the case of the Rashba, where the non-Jew cannot collect directly from the borrower, nevertheless the the nevertheless the borrower the, the if, if the borrower pays directly to the lender. He has not transgressed the prohibition of paying ribas, and the and the cosigner has not transgressed the prohibition of collecting ribas. Now, coming back to the contemporary case of a co-borrower, we have to ask ourselves the following question: Does this halacha of the taz and the shach, assuming that halacha is like the taz and the shach, and even if the halacha is, even if we accept Rabbi Levanoni's position that that in the case of our shleiftos, halacha is not like the taz and the shach? But in this case, the non-Jewish lender, the bank, can collect directly from the borrower. So Pashtus would be that even though the, bar, the, co, the, 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 the co-signer has elevated his achrayis to the level of being a co-borrower, so the, the non-Jew has absolutely no restrictions on collecting money directly from the co-borrower, but nevertheless, 
The non-Jew can collect money either from the from the borrower or from the co-borrower. So the the one one would have thought that in this case there would be no prohibition against the borrower paying directly to to the lender. However, there are some contemporary rabbanim who are of the position or of the opinion that uh, it, w- it would be prohibited for the borrower to pay directly to the lender. Um, the reason for their for their opinion is because. They they uh, they uh, they uh, they they take the position that in the case where the loan is structured as being instead of calling the the cosigner a cosigner instead of calling a co-borrower, what that means to us is that the proceeds of the loan are being distributed fifty percent to the borrower and fifty percent to the co-borrower. Then subsequently, the, the co-borrower goes ahead and lends that fifty percent of the money to the borrower, and therefore. If the borrower makes any sort, any type of payment, even directly to the lender, it would be considered as though he's paying that money to the co-borrower and back to, and the co-borrower is paying that money to the lender. That is the opinion of some contemporary rabbanim. However, there is a Tashbitz who, who, who rules clearly, clearly that it, it, not only is it not worse than the regular case of our Kaplan, the Tashbitz seems to indicate that the case of Shnayim Shalavu of two co-borrowers would be in the in the on uh, to the contrary would be more kuladik, more more lenient than the case of of a regular cosigner. The Tashbitz seems to write that in the case of Shnayim Shlavu, where the two people who jointly borrow money from a non-Jewish lender, that either one of them can make the payment and then collect that money from the other borrower. In in, in contrast, the halacha of a cosigner, we are. We are the cosigner is not allowed to make payment to the goy and then go ahead and collect that payment from the borrower. In, in this case of, of two people who borrow uh, jointly, the Allah would be, according to the Tashbut, seemingly that, that either one can make payment to the, to the non-Jewish lender and then he can collect that payment from, from the, other, the other co-borrower. And this is in spite of the fact that in, in Shulchan Aruch and Chayesh Mishpat, Simen Ayin Zayin, the Shulchan Aruch describes, uh, according to some opinions, the Shulchan Aruch quotes the opinions that hold that Shnayim uh, Shalavu, two people who borrow jointly, are considered Arabim Kablanim Zalazet. They're considered like a regular Arif Kablan, like a regular cosigner of Arif Kablan, which we said, according to Rashi, would be prohibited for one Arif to pay, for the Arif to pay, and to go ahead and collect that money from the borrower. So the question, uh, the question uh, begs to be asked, why would, it, why would Allah be different by two co-borrowers, by Shnayim Shalavu, that the Tashmah seems to indicate that one of the borrowers can make the entire 100% payment and then collect the, collect the, the remaining 50% from the other borrower. So the, the Shardaya is, is bothered by this. He, he, he's, he does not accept that the Tashmah rules this way conclusively. Um, he, 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 he accepts the possibility that the Tashmah would not allow the co-borrower to go ahead and collect the 50% from the borrower and with plus interest. However, he does <coughs> support the position, and, and he leans towards the position that, that the Tashmah does allow it, and he explains that the reason for this is because, like we, we, we explained before, that in order to understand Rashi's position, that it's, it's prohibited for the borrower, to, for, the, for the co-signer, to pay the money to the lender, and then to collect that money with the interest from the borrower, one has to somehow uh, make, the, make the assumption that whenever somebody co-signs on a loan and then makes payment on that loan, the, the way that Allah views that is that it's, it's as though the co-signer borrowed the money and then lent it to the borrower. So the Shardai explains that that is only justified in a case 
where the loan, where the cosigners, uh, the fact that the cosigner signed on the loan and was willing to be a cosigner, that's what encouraged this lender to lend the money. In that case, we can say since the lender only lent because the cosigner was willing to be a cosigner, so it's as though the cosigner borrowed the money, and then he went ahead and lent that money to the borrower because he was the one that actually caused this loan to take place. However, in a case where the the lender didn't really care who he was lending the money to, as is evidenced by the fact that both of the parties, I shouldn't say evidence, it's not evidenced by the fact, but we have no reason to assume that, that the, the credit of any one of these two borrowers was the deciding factor in the lender's decision to go out and, and make this loan. The fact is that both of them presented themselves as wanting to borrow money, and therefore the lender decided to lend them the money. But... But it, it, but it, it, the, the, we, we can't say that any one borrower was more credit worthy than the other one in a regular case of Shine Shalabu. So that's, that's how the Shardaya ju justifies the position of the Tashbits and says that therefore the Tashbits is of the opinion that we don't have this new halachic um, structure where we say that we, we, we cut the loan into two parts. We're not going to do that unless in some way the, the cosigner induced the lender to lend the money. Now, that would not apply to the situation of a co-borrower, where generally the case is that the co-borrower's credit is what's actually inducing the lender to make the loan. However, we do see from the Tashmets and the Shardaya that it's certainly not worse than the regular case of a, of, of, of a co-signer. And, and if, if the Rabbanim were to be of the position that for some reason we, we view this case as a Shaim Shalavu, then to the contrary, it should be better. But to say that it's worse, is, 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 to me, seems like a very difficult position to take. Now, I heard this psaac from my Rebbe, Rabbi Shlomo Miller, as well, that he holds as well that, that there's, there's, no, there's no prohibition against, uh, that, that if, again, in, in the case where the borrower is paying directly to the lender, and, he does, and, and, and the, the, co the co borrower is not making the payment and trying to recoup that payment from the borrower, we don't have any issue of, of ribs. And now, now the, there is a, a Erech Shai who disputes the position of the Shardaya. The Erech Shai writes that although the Shardaya uh, tries to justify the position of the Tashvitz, the Erech Shai feels that the case of Shain Shlavu is no better than the case of uh, Arav Kablan. However, the Erech Shai also uh, seems to only prohibit it in a case where the, one of the borrowers makes the payment and then wants to recoup that payment from the other borrower. However, in the case where a borrower makes a direct payment and does not expect to recoup that payment, Derek Shai also seems to be of the position that that would not be prohibited. I have seen uh, that some Rabbanim quote a Maharshach that they want to interpret as saying that that, that co-borrower would be prohibited even if the borrower that pays directly to the guy and does not expect to recoup the payment from the co-borrower. However, I did not find the proof from that Maharshach to be conclusive. Um, so the nafkamina of this is, uh, generally <coughs> speaking, um, the, you know, a, a person is willing to be a co-borrower if they're very close to, you know, either they have a close family tie or a close friend of the, of the borrower. But there are clouds of people that call up, you know, the person has a father that's willing to be a co-borrower or, or a father-in-law. And generally speaking, these people do not expect to recoup their payment from the borrower in the case that they make a payment. So in that case, we, uh, the, the Allah would be that they would not need a heteristika. However, if we're dealing with a situation where the, the borrower tells us, that in the case that the co-borrower makes a payment, he would want to recoup his, his, his uh, principal and interest from the borrower. In that case, we would say that you need a, a, a heteriska, 
in, in, in contrast to the, in, in other words, even, even though the Tashvitz seems to say that it's allowed, but a co-borrower, I think, the, the heter of the Tashvitz would not apply. But, but in the case where the, 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 the father or father-in-law would not expect to recoup their payment, which is generally the case, um, I, 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 I would think that the, you do not need a heterisk in that case. Now, another case that we need to discuss is the case of uh, somebody who uses somebody else's credit card. Uh, it's very common in business that you'll have a person who has, let's say, an Amazon business or some other business, he has some cash flow problems, and he'll, he'll, he'll have a friend that has a credit card with high credit, a high, uh, he, has a, he has a high, uh, <clears throat> high credit line, and uh, the, you know, he'll want to let maybe earn points or whatever, and the, the friend will lend his credit card to the business owner. And you know, usually the, they plan on paying right away, but the, you know, as, as, uh, as occurs frequently, they don't actually make the payment on time, and they end up incurring interest. And the question would be whether the whether the 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 the, per, the the credit card holder would be able to recoup those interest payments that he was forced to pay from the borrower. So we have a Gemara moment see in the same Amud that says clearly that if a non-Jew lends money to a Jew and that Jew lends money to another Jew, so even though the, the, the first Jew is paying interest to the non-Jew, he would not be able to um, uh, cover his expenses, so to speak, by collecting interest from the, from, from the second Jew. So in the case where, let's say I have, I have a credit line and the non-Jew is basically lending me money, I go ahead and I give my credit card to somebody else, he, he, he racks up a bill, he has to pay interest, and, and I end up paying that interest, I would not be able to collect that interest from that second, uh, from the second year. Additionally, Tysus uh, speaks out clearly in that case, that in that case, um, the, the second Jew would not be able to pay, it would be prohibited for the second Jew to pay to the, 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 the non-Jewish lender. That's what Tysus writes over there. In contrast to the opinion of the Taz and the Shach, who hold that there's no problem if the if the second borrower pays directly to the Goyish lender. In this case, we are it's not a situation of an arbus, but rather the Goy, the non-Jew, is making a direct loan to a Jew. And then that Jew subsequently lends that money to a second Jew. In that case, it will be prohibited for the second Jew to make a direct payment to the lender. So this opens up a whole can of worms. Now we have, a, so basically, any time you go ahead and borrow somebody else's credit card, you have to make sure that you write a risca just in case you're gonna, there's going to end up being a, an interest charge. However, there is one exception, possible exception. We, we spoke out before that according to the Taz and the Shach, in the case of Arab Shleiftutz, even though the non-Jew does not have recourse to go to the second Jewish borrower, However, since the since the, the borrower since the first borrower is not really a borrower, he's a Arab Schleiftutz, he, he's 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 just a, a cosigner. So even though the non-Jew will go directly to that cosigner and can't only go directly to that cosigner, nevertheless the borrower is allowed to make a direct payment to the non-Jewish lender, and, and they, they don't transgress a, a prohibition against rivets. So in the case where somebody used, uh, uh, let's say, uh, a business owner used his friend's credit card. True, true, before the fact, they should have executed it at risk just in case, but once that was done, the, the business owner, might, under certain circumstances, might be able to make a payment directly to the bank. What, what do I mean? So some, sometimes he just, uses, he just swipes his friend's credit card. But in some cases, his friend opens up another um, credit card and, and makes the business owner an authorized user on his credit card. 
In that case, Lukaira, that is not considered to be a case where the first the credit the, the card holder is a borrower and then he's lending the money to the business owner. In that case, Lukaira, the credit card company, the lender knows that the end user of the funds is going to be that business owner because they, they know that there's an authorized user and the authorized user is the one who's actually making the charges on the card. Therefore, they're lending the money directly to the authorized user and the cardholder is just like Arav Schleiftutz, he's a person who has the full achrayis on, on, on the loan. The, the, the credit card company is not generally able to go directly to the authorized user and demand payment. However, the pashas would be that that would not be considered more stringent than the case of Arav Schleiftutz, where, like we spoke at before, the borrower would be able to make a beeline for the lender and make a direct payment to the lender. So if the, again, so to recap, if the, if the business owner is just swiping a credit card or using credit card numbers, that would be, it would be prohibited for him to make direct payment to the lender. However, if the business owner is an authorized user on the credit card holder's account, then perhaps it would be, be allowed for him to make direct payments to the lender. However, I did hear from my Rebbe Rishon Miller that he is not comfortable with this because he said that it's not so posh that the, the lender knows that the, that, the, that the authorized user is the one making the purchases. So he, he was not so comfortable with this arrangement, and he said it's better in, under all circumstances to make Adderiska, and even when you didn't make Adderiska and use it, you should try to do something to take care of the problem by making Adderiska going forward, which there are ways to structure it, but uh, it's not for this year. Thank you for listening.